And, uh, in a moment, Esther, you're going to see how prophetic that prayer was. I'm going to share it in a second, all right? But uh, today we're going to continue in part two of the series that we kicked off last week called We Are Numa, like uh, Pastor Espy just mentioned, all right? And, uh, and in the series, uh, we're talking about what makes a spiritual family, Numa Church, such a special uh, family, all right? And this series, uh, and if by any chance you did miss last week's teaching, I want to encourage you guys that you go to our, our YouTube channel, all right? It's Numa Church Miami, and you can watch it there. And, uh, and uh, last week's teaching, man, I really believe it was very, very powerful. It was called A Breath of Fresh Air, and that's what I believe Numa Church and this spiritual family is all about, okay? Uh, and in this week's, you know, we're going to be talking about the vision of our church. Uh, we're going to be speaking about our or core values that sets the culture for what happens here in this place, all right? But today, uh, we are going to be focused on the part of vision, all right? And I've titled today's message, What Do You See? Can you repeat that with me? What do you see? What do you see? That's a very important question. What do you see? This is a question that actually God asks in the Bible okay, to more than one person in different occasions. So for example, God comes to Jeremiah and he tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you're in front of this battle. You're in front of this situation. What is it that you see? Then he comes to the prophet Amos, all right? And uh, he comes to Amos and he goes, Amos, I know that there's chaos all around in the land, but what do you see? It was a question that was directed to the heart, then to the to the priest, to Zacharias, God comes to him and he says, Zacharias, what is it that you're seeing? So in various moments in the Old Testament, and then when we come to the New Testament, uh, you see Jesus asking this question about John the Baptist, and he's speaking about John the Baptist, and he tells the people, what is it that you went out to the desert to see? What did you see when you saw this man dressed in camel's clothes, you know, and acting kind of weird and everything? What were you looking at? You know, and, and he goes on and, and he speaks about that. So when we talk about vision and what we're seeing, it's of great importance. Great importance. Today I'm so grateful for my vision. And I'm not talking about my vision for the church. I'm talking about my vision with my two wives. Uh, yesterday I had a, a couple of the guys from the church. They were helping me uh, work in this project that I have in my attic going on. I have a project going on in my attic right now, all right? And, uh, and uh, Nelson and Lewis, that they're somewhere out there, uh, they're great guys. You know, if you ever need any handiwork done around your house or, you know, construction work, those are guys that you hire. They are amazing, all right? And uh, we had them come over at a house, and they were working on the attic, you know, and they put one of these ladders that come down from the attic. I'm so excited because now I can go up there and put things, and we actually put flooring on the attic. It's a, it's a project that I'm all excited about, you know? And uh, And last night when I got home, I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, I got to go up there and I got to see what's going on. You know, how it ended up looking and everything. And when I pulled the string to pull down that ladder, something fell in my eye. It was like something fell in my eye, like, like a speck of, I don't even know. It could be like the fiberglass or something like that from, from, from up there. But it was like immediate pain. 
It was like immediate pain. Immediately, I just let go of the thing. It just closed, and I got down, and I, and I went like this. Gabby was coming in with the kids, and I told her, babe, come to the room. I have something in my eye. I don't know what it is, but it's hurting a lot. You know, and Gabby was there. Babe, for like how long were you there with me last night? <laughs> Maybe like 40, 45 minutes with a Q-tip trying to say it was something that was there. And she goes, it looks like it's encrusted. It went in. And she's like trying to, and I'm like, babe, this is pain. I, if we continue like, I'm going to have to go to the hospital tonight. And I told her, and can you believe it? It's not a coincidence that tomorrow I'm speaking about vision and my vision right now is hurting. Can you believe it? And that's why I think that your prayer was so prophetic. You see, because when your vision and my vision, and thanks God, you know, I put Visine, I don't even know how many times, and I think she told me I got it out, you know, and the whole night I was like aware. I was sleeping, but I was aware of what was going on, you know. And then this morning it was like full of cobwebs, you know. I'm like, Lord, just heal this thing, you know. But let me tell you something, guys, all right. Vision is so important that even if a little speck of something falls in your eye, it could hurt so much and damage the way that you're seeing. Right now when I got in the car, the glare, okay, from the light was, was, it, it was bothering me. And now I'm going to take this into the spiritual side of things, all right? Because our vision, a lot of times for our life, there's different things that have affected it. And there's different things that have come that is like, that's why Jesus said, hey, you know what? Before you go and tell your brother what he has, make sure you take care of that speck, you know, that plank that you have in your eye. He goes, you might be looking at the speck of dust in somebody's eye, but you got a plank in your own. I don't even imagine what it is to have a plank in your eye, you know. The speck of dust hurts a lot. So imagine the plank. And what Jesus is talking about is what? Is vision. Vision. Actually, there's another story in the Bible, and this morning, all these things were just bombarding me, you know, when Paul encounters Jesus on the way to Damascus. And for three days, he loses sight completely. But check this out. As he lost sight of the world, he was able to catch sight of God. And I want to tell you something. God sometimes has to make us lose sight of the things that we see in this world so that we can see beyond through the eyes of our spirit. And we could see what he is seeing so that when he asks, what is it that you see? We could answer accordingly. Now, I want to give you a, a great tip this morning. You guys that are at home, great tip. Whenever God asks you a question, okay, play the dumb card, all right? And what is that? The dumb card is what I read in the Bible. Oh, Lord, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> when God asks you a question, just throw it back at him. Lord, you know the answer to that. Because you, you know you're going to get it wrong. Whatever you say, you're going to get it wrong, all right? So, I want to tell you guys that each of you guys that are part of NUMA family, you guys are part of a church with a vision. This church has a vision, and a very clear vision at that. And last night when all this stuff was going on, I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to preach on vision, I told the Lord. I don't care, you know, what happens. If I have to come here with a patch looking like one-eyed willy, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to come and preach on vision. You know how important vision is? Come with me to your Bible, to Proverbs, okay, 29, verse 18. And I actually brought my glasses just in case I needed them today. Some of you guys have never seen me with glasses. I'm just going to pop these on real quick. Look at this. All right. Well, I actually do see my notes a lot better. Um, but I don't think I need them. Why did it blur all of a sudden? All right, anyways. It says here, 
And I'm actually going to read this from a, from a Bible that is a paraphrase, which is the Message Bible. By the way, if you ever want to go through the Bible, but you're like, I've never done that before, maybe you could do it through the Message Bible. That is actually like a paraphrase of the Bible, all right? And it's very easy to understand, and you can knock it down once, and then you could go to maybe one of the other versions. But in the Message Bible, talking about vision in Proverbs 29, 18, he says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So when people can see, when there's not a clear vision, what happens? They stumble. But when they can see, oh, the Bible says that you and I are what? We're blessed people. When you and I can see. So this is guy that he was a preacher back in the 1800s named Deal Moody. And Deal Moody said something very important. He said, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. I'm going to repeat that one. When I hear the walls, I'm like, I, I got to repeat this one. You know what I'm saying? Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. And we could see that all around us. People that have succeeded in things that at the end of the day, they don't matter. But when you have a clear vision, okay, you could succeed in those things that matter. And I'm going to come up and speak today about the vision of our church. But I want to tell you, you need to have a vision for your family. Okay, you need to have a, if you're a business order, you need to have a, a vision for your business. It's important that you know where you're going, where, where you're taking your family, where you're taking your business. And in this sense, okay, where are we taking this church? Where's this church going? So today, I'm going to share with you what is the vision of Numa Church. Okay, and what are the systems that allow that vision, okay, to be carried out? And what role you play in all this? Because I believe that each of you guys that are in this room, each of you guys that are at home, okay, I think that you guys play a very important role in this, all right? Now, there's four phrases that I want you guys to learn with me today, okay? They're actually in some banners that are hanging up there, all right? But the first phrase, okay, says, love God. Okay, can you repeat that with me? Love God. All right, first phrase of our vision. All right, second, be free. Can you say that with me? Be free. The third one is live on purpose. Okay, let's say that with me. Live on purpose. And the last one is make a difference. Make a difference. Say it with me. Make a difference. Those four phrases right there, Okay, is our vision statement summarized in a way that it becomes practical for all of us? All right. Now, we're going to look at each of these four points today. All right. So number one is love God. Numa Church is all about loving God. We want you guys to love God with all your heart. Actually, if you go with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 22, verse 28. I'm, I'm sorry, 22, verse 36 through 38. Okay, they came to Jesus, all right, and they asked them, here we go, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest 
commandment. So when Jesus was speaking about loving God, he said, man, you're going to love God with all your heart. You're going to love God with all your soul. You're going to love God with all your mind. Of all the commandments, this is the most important one. So if we're going to be a church that has a vision according to God's heart, number one, love God. Love God. Love God. Okay, I want to show you, Numa Church, the importance of loving God. Listen, every day, every moment, and with every decision that you need to make, understand, and you want to honor, you say, Lord, am I loving you through this decision that, that, that is in front of me right now? With your words, with your conversations, for me, it's practical. Am I loving God even in this conversation that I'm, that I'm having here? In the relationships that we establish? We want to love God in everything that we do. Alright? And when we love God, we show our love for Him through our obedience. Okay? Obedience should not be hard when you love somebody. And when we're talking about our God, okay... It shouldn't be hard for us to obey Him if we love Him with all our hearts. Jesus said it this way, if you love Me, you will obey My commands. And a lot of us take it the wrong way. We're like, you see, you got to obey in order to show that you love. I see it the other way. If you love, you are going to obey. It's natural. You don't need to push it. It comes out, it flows out of you. Now, when you love God, you want to satisfy His every desire. Okay? When a couple is in love, man, you just see, okay, in them, the sense of wanting to satisfy their desires. How to live for one another. And the same thing when we love God. And you know what is the greatest desire that our Heavenly Father has in His heart? You know what that is? You know what's the greatest desire? To find those that still don't know Him. To find those that were created in His likeness and His image, but still don't have a relationship with Him, that have not recognized Jesus as His Lord and Savior. That's the greatest desire of our Daddy God's heart. And if we're going to love God, we want to make sure that we're involved in honoring that desire. And we're going to love you by connecting people with you. By finding those that are lost. And the system that we have here at NUMA to carry out that part of our vision, you know what it is? Our weekend service, this one right here. You see, when I was telling you right now that I was back there and I was looking at you guys and worshiping God, I'm like, man, look at your people just loving God. Look at your people just loving on you. And this whole service is set up also so that when people come in here that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they can encounter Him. I'm going to actually tell you something, all right? And I don't want it to sound crazy, what, what, what I'm going to tell you, all right? But the Sunday service, just the same way that we're thinking about you guys, we're thinking about those that are not here. When I look at empty chairs in this place, I'm thinking, man, how many people in Miami do we have that could be filling one of those chairs and could walk in a relationship with the living God and understand that they were created for this relationship? You know that in a statistics, in a statistic that, that was done by the Barnett Group, they said that 70% of the people don't come to church because they've never been invited. 70% of the people don't come to church because they've never been invited. Very seldom have I invited somebody to church that they have not come. 
Usually I've got a good, you know, shot when I tell somebody, hey, will you come with me? Usually it's been good. And I challenge the church this year, hey, before this year ends, let's make sure that we at least, each of us in this place, we invite two families to come into this place. That we get the word out. That we have at least two people, two families, people, whatever, that have never come. Okay, I want to tell you that reaching the lost should be our primary focus as a church. I want to tell it to you like this. Church exists for its non-members. Church needs to be out there. Okay, looking for those that don't know God yet. Because we love Him and we want to please His heart. You guys understand what I'm telling you? In Luke 13, I'm not going to go into it, but there's three parables. The parable, listen to this, of the lost coin, okay? The parable of the lost son, the prodigal son that he leaves. And the, pro, and the, and the parable about the lost sheep. Now, that lost sheep parable is crazy because the Bible says that there was, Jesus had 99, he had a 99% rate. And there was one that was not there. And he left the 99 to go look for that 1% that was not in the pen. You imagine that. A basketball player takes 100 shots. He makes 99. And he's worried about the one that he didn't make. That was Jesus. There's somebody that needs to be in here that is not in here yet. How do we reach them? How do we find them? Okay, so when we love God, we love what He loves. And you know what God loves? God loves people. God loves people. He loves people. So that's the part, first part of our vision. Love God. Number two, write this down. Be free. Be free. And I want you to come with me to John chapter 8, verse 36. Love this scripture. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Are you free indeed? If the Son sets you free. Who's the Son? It's Jesus. And if Jesus sets you free, you are truly free. I want to tell you something. Today we all look nice in this place. Okay, we're wearing our Sunday best. We come with our best attitude. But let me tell you, you guys that are at home, I'm sure you guys look great. But everybody, we all have a past. We all have a past. We've all gone through circumstances. We've all gone through some situations. And I want to tell you, some of us have a good past. Others have a not-so-good past. And all of us have lived experiences that have left, this is the word, an imprint in our lives. That have marked us, all right? Our past has marked us. Some of us, you know, I pray nobody in this room, your past was like last night at 2 a.m., you know what I'm saying? No. (laughs) At least you're in church, you know, or maybe you're connected. Hey, I want to tell you something. I come from that kind of past. I would go partying. All right, sleep a couple of hours and go to church the next morning. You know what I'm saying? And God reached me. You know, so I could understand there's people with a lot of past here. Let me tell you something. How far back does your past go? I want to tell you how far back it goes. From the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb. From the moment that you were conceived in your mom's womb, okay, your life officially started. It didn't start officially the day that you were actually birthed out of that womb. From the moment that was conception, your life started. And from that moment, you started to feel. You started to have, listen to this, you started to have experiences. You started to receive. You started to perceive certain things. For example... If you were in the womb and your parents were wanting a baby and they loved you from that moment, man, 
in life, you're going to feel love. But if you were a person that from the womb you were rejected, they didn't want that birth, you know, it was a mistake, it was whatever, you know that you carry with those things? And you need to find freedom from those things? And you're like, oh, pastor, man, I thought it went back to maybe my teenage years. No, it goes a little further than that. <laughs> it goes a little way back. You see, and then when we start living, then we start picking up stuff. When we start living, we get wounded. When we, when we start living, you know, we pick up behaviors, we pick up attitudes, defense mechanisms, and we become experts at putting on masks and hiding who we really are. Just this week, my wife and I were talking to a couple. And this couple, they were speaking to each other and they did not understand each other. It was like if one was speaking Japanese and the other was speaking Russian. And it was like, do you guys understand what you're saying? Like, no, I don't understand what she's telling me. And she would tell me, I don't understand what he's telling me. I was like, oh boy. And you know what it is? That because of hurts and pains and stuff like that, we put on masks to really veil how we really feel and what we really need to say. And a lot of times what we say is not really what we need to say. We say what we want it to come out nice, but if we really would say something, maybe it would come from a wounded heart and it wouldn't come out so nice. But it sometimes needs to come out so that finally we could get to that wound and deal with it. And many times by the time that you're an adult, you're nothing like that trusting, full of hope and dreams, little boy or little girl that you were. It all got just washed away by circumstances and situations. And then we struggle with our identity. I believe that these are our big struggles right here. Struggle with our identity, who we are. And we do things so that we could get sort of, this is like acceptance or belonging, so that we feel loved. Because the, the reality is, a lot of times, we don't even know why we exist. These are the major needs that we all have as human beings. Belonging, love, identity, and purpose. And all these things get affected by this past. Then you come to Jesus, all right? You receive Jesus at one time in your life, at one moment in your life, and you think that all those things automatically leave the moment that you made the prayer of salvation? You think that it just changes completely and all of a sudden all that stuff just disappears? No. I want to tell you something. You get saved, you give your life to Jesus, you come to Jesus, but all that stuff comes with you. And now comes a process of becoming free from all that stuff. You see, I'm going to show it to you like this. Jesus resurrected Lazarus from death. And then he looked at his disciples and he said, untie him and let him go. So he had life, but he was still tied up. And he needed to be let go. And a lot of us are still tied up, bound up to patterns, to sins, to addictions, to a lot of stuff. And the question, what are we supposed to do with our brokenness? Well, James chapter 5, verse 16 tells us that. What we're supposed to do with our brokenness. Listen to this. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to confess our sins to who? To each other. All right? And pray for one another for what? For us to be healed. 
Now, check this out. In 1 John, it says that to be forgiven, okay, you confess your sins to God. But to find healing, you confess your sins to one another. The big difference. I want forgiveness, I confess my sins to God. I want healing, I have to find somebody physically that I could confess my stuff to. And here at NUMA, we believe that true life change happens in relationships. No other way. If you're going to come and sit over there in the back, nothing to my back people. I see all you guys. I love all you guys back there, man. All right. But are you going to come and sit all the way back there and say, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to relate with anybody. There's wounds that God wants to bring healing to. There might be some people that are watching online and say, you know what? I'm comfortable here. I, I, man, I live a block away from where you are, but I'm comfortable here. A lot of times we just retract because we don't want to let nobody in here. You're never going to find healing till you let somebody in here. And at NUMA, the system that we have for that is our small groups. Okay, our small groups, transformation groups, T groups, whatever you want to call them. All right, they are designed to help you be free and walk in that freedom and find people that you could talk to and build true relationships. Because this is a phrase I want you guys to learn freedom happens in relationships. Freedom happens in relationships. And right now we're in the middle. Okay, of our winter small group season. And you might be like, winter? Yeah, we're in Miami, but it's still winter, guys. All right. Thanks God we're in Miami. We're not getting snowed in today, you know. But we're in the middle of our winter small group season. And we have all types of groups taking place. Actually, this, okay, this year we launched with 43 small groups happening right now during this season. Giving the opportunity to people to connect and find that freedom. Isn't that amazing? I'm so excited about that. And I want to highlight, okay, I want to highlight something today that is called the Symbus Assessment. And you're like, what is that? Symbus. Symbus is an acronym for save your marriage before it starts. All right? Save your marriage before it starts. Symbus. And this is a wonderful tool that we're going to work with, that we're working with. And if you are about to get married, okay, we certified five couples in this church to help you walk through that assessment to make sure that the day that you get married, man, you are solid and strong, not perfect, but that your marriage could have success. But not only for those that are wanting to get married, but for those that have been married, there's a Symbus Plus assessment. So these couples that just went through the training also got certified for the Symbus Plus. So maybe you're a couple today that is here and you're like, Pastor, I want to strengthen my marriage relationship. There's some stuff that maybe we've taken a toll. Or maybe you're great, but you just want to take it to another level. And you're excited about that. Let me tell you something. At the end of the service, you could go out there to the information center. Okay, we are launching groups for Simbas. These are not the groups that already started. These are other groups that we're launching actually now in the middle of the season. Because I want to make sure that our couples and our families in this church are strong. Hey, you could give it up for Jesus. Come on. All right, so out there, we have a couple of uh, those couples here today. We have Aníbal and Mariné. Guys, can you stand up real quick? I know Margarita and Mario were somewhere around there. They're 
part of those couples, uh, Paola and Adrián, they're back there. Uh, we have, thank you guys, you may be seated. Um, we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. We're ready to help you walk into that freedom that God has prepared for you. Be free, be free. The third statement, okay, or phrase of our vision, okay, live on purpose, live on purpose. I want you to wake up every morning and say, man, there's a great purpose that God has for my life. Man, I, be, I might be getting hit left and right, but my life has a purpose, and that's why I'm getting hit. I want to tell you, if you've been down and out, and you've been going through tough situations, it's because I believe that that's how great your purpose is, that the enemy doesn't want you to walk in that. He wants to keep you out of the fight. He wants to get you up in a corner and not involved. But let me tell you something, not here at Numa Church. Because where there's vision, I want to tell you, where there's vision, there's this mentality of all in. All in. Everybody here has a role. Everybody here has a part. Everybody. Everybody has a place in the wall, like the Nehemiah story. There's a little place that belongs to you. Live on purpose. Live on purpose, all right? I want to tell you that the three most important days in your life, three most important days, the day you're born, the day you're born again, and the day that you discover why you were born. Three most important days. Day you were born, day you're born again, and the day you discover why you were born. That has to do with what? That has to do with purpose, the reason that you're here on earth. Let me put it to you like this. Your purpose determines how long you stay Your purpose determines how long you live. The day that your purpose is over here, it's time to go. That's why you'll see people that are young, maybe in their 30s, pass away, and you're like, oh my God, their life was cut short. No, they fulfilled their purpose somehow, some way. Even little babies that I've seen, families with, you know, a year old, two year old, they're like, I wish we would have had them long. And you see that little baby, the unity that he brought, the things that happened in that family, purpose was complete. And then you see people that are like 90-something and they still are not giving up to their life. Like the testimony that I was hearing yesterday about a lady that is 92 years old and they diagnosed her with cancer in her diaphragm. And can you believe this lady of 92 years old in Brazil goes through all her chemotherapies and today she is 94 and cancer-free. You imagine that at 92 going through sessions of chemo? And the, the son, which is the person I was sharing with, he goes, my mom is so strong. She just won't die. And I'm like, I believe it. How long are we going to have you around? I told him. Elsie, <laughs> we're having you around for a long time. I know that. Elsie's <laughs> mom turned 90 last week, huh? And her mom is amazing. Her mind is in her place. Look at what Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, and the first part of 16 says. Galatians 1, 15, and the first part of 16. The Apostle Paul is talking. He says, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And we can stop there. So Paul is saying that before he was born, God already had chosen him, had given him a purpose. You imagine? 
Everybody that walks into this earth, well, let me say it like this. Your purpose precedes your birth. Your purpose precedes your birth. You were born because God had a purpose for your life. God doesn't just create things to create things. No, there's a purpose. And then he thought about you. Isn't that amazing? Oh, doesn't that make you fall in love with God? Thank you, Daddy God. Thank you, Daddy God. That you have a role for me in all this stuff that is happening in this world right now. That guy's going kind of quick driving by. Listen. (laughs) Kind of fast. Purpose reveals design. Write that down. Purpose reveals design. Why something was created. So we all have a purpose. And it's our responsibility to discover what that purpose is. So that we can live on purpose. And that's that part of the phrase. Live on purpose. And in order for you and I to accomplish that purpose. God, so amazing, he has given us different gifts. And if you come with me to your Bible, Romans chapter 12. Verse 6 through 8. It says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If, you're, if you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility serious. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Isn't that a powerful scripture? So God is saying, hey, I have a purpose for your life. I'm giving you gifts so that you can carry that purpose out. Sadly, and this is something that I want to say, okay, Sadly, the church, a lot of churches, are not built like that. Sadly, a lot of churches are not built around the gifts of the people, but around the gift of the pastor. And why is that sad? Because everything revolves around the pastor, not here at NUMA. Okay, not here at NUMA. Here at NUMA, we're building this church around your gifts. Because that's what I see in the Bible. What I see in the Bible is that God has gifted His people for acts of service. And the pastor is here to lead, to make sure that you are walking in that gifting and that wherever you go, that's going to take us to the next point. You start making a difference. So for all that to happen, we've created a, a process. Say with me, process. Can you say that word with me? Process. A process to discover your spiritual gifts. What is that? Our growth track. Our growth track is the system that brings in this part of living on purpose. What is the growth track? It's a four-week event or assessment, whatever you want to call it, created to help you connect to that purpose that God has for you. Please don't come to this church and don't do your growth track. You need to do it. It's not to make the pastor happy. It's because I want to make God happy by making you happy by discovering what you were created to do. You're going to be the most happiest person when you're just flowing out of what you're supposed to do. And I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to say, why are you doing that? No, man. I'm going to push you. I'm going to say, hey, let's go. I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to be rooting you on. 
And the last phrase, all right, make a difference. Make a difference. Worship team, you guys can come up. Once you start to live on purpose, and I think they got to find the worship team. If not, I'll go to the piano, but I don't know if you guys want to hear me. You know, get, That is not my purpose, all right? I am sure of that one. All right? Thank you, Pastor Max. John 15, verse 8 and 11. John 15, 8 and 11. As long as Pastor Max don't come to the piano either, we're good, man. It's over there. Look at what Jesus said in John 15, verse 8, and then verse 11. He said, when you produce much fruit, you are truly my disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. When you produce what? Much fruit. What does that do? It brings glory. Actually, it says a great glory to my Father. You know that we're all called to bear fruit? I have a mango tree in my house. I've spoken about that mango tree. I got scared the other day when I walked outside. I don't get scared because a mango tree does not have, okay, uh, flowers. I get scared because of how many flowers I see in the mango tree. I'm like, boy, come July and August, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be like mangoes all over the place. Why? Because I see that that tree is ready to give fruit. You know what, church, Numa Church, you are ready to give fruit. Because the Bible says here that we bring great glory to our Father when we do that. And in verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. What Jesus is saying is that there should be joy in your life and my life when we start giving fruit. There should be joy in your life and my life when you see that your life starts to count and make a difference in the life of others. When you sit down with somebody and you speak to them or you guide them through something or you're there for them and all of a sudden you're flowing through your gifting. Let me tell you, that should bring you alive and say, wow. Thank you, Lord. I want everybody here at Numa Church, and I want you to get this in your heart. I want you guys to get this in your spirit. But I want everybody in this church saying, I was made for this. I was made for this. This that I'm doing now, it might not be easy. As we said here, I've had a hard week. Girl ain't quitting. I have to kick her out of here sometimes. As we, how long have I been telling you to go take a day off? <clears throat> I'm just going to clear my throat here to make sure that I'm being understood. Take a day off. I told her I need you to take a day off a week. I have to kick her out. And there's people in this place that I kick out. Evelyn, I see Evelyn around. I, back in my days, we used to be called gym rats. That meant that I was always in the gym playing. Here we have church rats, you know what I'm saying? People that is like, hey, bro, you need to take a leave, man. <laughs> but you know what? When you're doing what you were made to do, you do it wherever you go. You can't stop. You're not going to go to the restaurant down the corner and say, I'm not going to breathe. You breathe because you're alive. Just comes out naturally. Comes out naturally. 
And since God already has hardwired every person to live a life of transcendence, once you discover it, let me tell you, I want everybody in this place to serve on a team connected with that dream that is inside of you. And that's our fourth system, the dream team. And what's the dream team? The dream team is a wonderful group of people in this church that have found what their purpose is and are walking towards that purpose every day. And you might not be exactly where you're going to end up, but you got to start somewhere. I started in this place by cleaning the parking lot and the bathroom. So if one day they tell you, hey, can you please clean the bathroom? Say, hey, PC started like that. I guess, you know. I remember one guy that we told him, hey, can you go throw out the garbage? And he goes, that is below my pay grade. You know what I felt like telling him? I'm like, and there's a door in your <laughs> There's no work too small in the kingdom. And the Bible says everything you do, do it like if you were doing it unto the Lord. Whether you're taking out the garbage or cleaning the bathroom or singing up here or preaching, everything you do it to the Lord, to the Lord. So people that serve here and many teams according to their passion and designs, and I'm just going to mention who they are. Okay, these are the different teams that we have on our dream team. And what a beautiful day to speak about this because today is our step four in our growth track where people could join the dream team according to that design. So we have a creative team in this house. Creative team, amazing work that they do. Like all the little things that you see here in the back when I'm preaching and social media and stuff that is going out there. And that's led by Geraldine, which today's her birthday. And I told her, Geraldine, I'm going to sing for you. And she didn't show up in the first service. I don't know why. <laughs> I told her I was going to sing her happy birthday. Girls coming to the second service. But I'm not going to forget. I might sing happy birthday in Spanish. That's even worse. But anyways. We have a serve and events team. Serve and events team. They're taking care of the dream team. I made a highlight of them the other day. They're preparing breakfast for us over there uh, in the kitchen. And that's led by Marjorie. And she does a fantastic. Then we have a production team. The production team is in charge of audiovisual sound and, you know, making sure that you guys are at home. You guys are connecting with what's happening here today. That's our production team. And it's led by Pastor Adrian and a beautiful team of people that are there. Then we have our welcome home team. Welcome home. They're receiving people from the entrance parking lot, helping you guys sit down, receiving those that come to the welcome lounge or welcome home team. It's led by Aline and Marlene that are back there. And she could get loud, but she's being quiet right now. All right. We have our prayer team. We have a team that prays, guys. And we're all called to pray, but these people just, their passion is to pray. And they pray for us and they pray for this church and they come here on Saturday mornings and they pray and it's, it's led by my beautiful mother-in-law, which is in New York right now. But we have people from the prayer team. If you're in the prayer team, can you raise your hand and get a little loud prayer team people? Sometimes they don't want to say who they are. You know, they're like undercover prayer people, you know? There we go. Then we have Numa Music, which are right behind me here. All right. And these people help us connect with the Lord on a week-to-week -week basis. And it's amazing the work that they do. Then we have G2G, generation to generation, kids, middle school and high school, college and career. And that one is led by the lady that is making the noise over there, Espy. All right. 
Then we have our growth track team, and they're not here because they're getting ready for growth track. Maybe they are here because we're doing growth track in the second service, but it's led by Santos and Fabiana, and they are amazing leaders. Then we have our transformation groups, our T groups, all right? And uh, those are the ones that are overseeing everything, and that's uh, Paola and Adrián. And last but not least, our missions. All right, and we have Manny. I was going to say Pastor Manny. It almost slipped out of my lip, but this is a man with a pastoral heart. So one day, my brother, I know the day has, the Lord has that day, but his wife, Joanna, and Manny are doing a great job. And at the end, you're going to see a commercial, an announcement that we're going to run about what's going to happen in our missions outing next Saturday, which is so exciting. So that's our dream team. People that are making a difference. And now that I'm landing this plane, I want to make sure that you're part of this family, you're loving God, you love God, that you are walking in freedom, that you be free, that you live on purpose, and that you make a difference in this world. I want to tell you that here at this church, I don't want to create ministries, okay? I want to empower people. A lot of churches have a lot of ministries, but it all centered around one person. I want to empower people. I want to empower people. I want you right there where you're at, because I have a question for you. And the question is, what role do you play in all this? Some of you guys are already playing a role, but others are not. The question that I have as we close our eyes this morning, what role are you playing in the vision that God has given Numa Church? If you are part of the spiritual family, close your eyes. You can bow your heads right there and ask, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me through this message today? What are you telling me? What do you want to say to me? What role do you want me to play in all this? And maybe you've been feeling that there's no purpose for your life. Holy Spirit wants to deal with that right now, right there where you're at. Maybe you feel that you know, because of wounds and there's freedom that needs to come to you. The Holy Spirit wants to deal with that right now. Maybe your, your obedience to God has been, you know, far off and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to walk in obedience to me. You love me. Come on, let's go. So whatever he's telling you right now, come to terms with him. Just tell him, Lord, here I am. Lord, do in me what you need to do. Amen.
one that has conquered it all, Lord. And your victory is our victory, Lord God. And today, as we ask the question, what do you see? We want to see what you're seeing, Lord. We want to see what you're seeing for, for Numa Church, Lord, for this spiritual family. And today, Lord God, I pray for each person in this room, each person that is watching through that camera right now. And Father, whatever specific area that, that you're clearing off of their vision today, they might be in the area of freedom, Lord. Clear their vision. Take out whatever they have in their eye that is bothering them and not letting them see correctly whether it's wounds, hurts from the past, they've been putting masks, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that they can find true relationships, Lord God. For those that might be here, Lord God, and, and feel aimlessly walking around without a purpose, Lord, show them today that there's a specific design that you have for their lives. And that here at Numa, Lord, we want them to walk in that, Lord, and that there's no fear and no shame in being different. Actually, Lord God, a lot of times, Lord God, is that difference, Lord God, that makes us outstanding. Thank God you made us all different, Lord. And you filled us with your gifts. And Daddy God, I pray today that as the church, we can make a difference in this world. That as a church, we would rise up, Lord God, with our hearts on fire, Lord God, and that we won't just be one other church, Lord God. I know that there's churches all over the place, but Father, you've given us a vision, Lord God. Let us make sure we go after it and that we make a difference as we do that, Lord God. And right there with your eyes closed and head bowed, if this morning there's anybody that is watching me online or anybody in this room today that has not invited Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, this is your moment. This is an opportunity that I want to give you today to get right with God. It doesn't matter how many sins you've committed. It doesn't matter how bad your past is. The Bible says that He will forgive you if you come to Him, if you repent of your sins. The Bible says there's salvation found other, under no name except the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Your sins and my sins broke off that relationship with God. But Jesus Christ came to die on a cross to pay for your sins and mine so that relationship may be made right. And if today you're there and you're like, Pastor, I want to be made right with God. So they're right there where you're at. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Repeat this with me, Lord Jesus. Today I invite you into my life. And I ask you for forgiveness for all my sins. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And today I recognize you as my Savior and as my Lord. Take me by the hand, Jesus, into a relationship with my Heavenly Father. And fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may know you and live for your purpose. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in me today. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.